Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. Just a reminder, there are still some places left for Shauna and I's sacred retreat this October the 13th through 15th in Bend, Oregon. You can find out more information about joining us, about working with me in person, getting that one-on-one hands-on attention, and getting to work with other women in community and getting to do our healing work together, which is our sacred right as women to come together and work together. This is something that women have been doing since the beginning of time, but because we've been living in a patriarchy, it has been repressed and we have been pulled apart as women and sent to our individual houses to be mothers and wives and good little worker bees and getting us out of being in community. And it is the time for us to get back into community, which is why Sean and I are doing this. So there are still a few spots left. So go to hello at rochelleindra.com to find out more information. Or if you follow me on social media, you can go into my link tree and find out more information there about signing up, what it is we're going to be doing, what the space is like. Ooh, we rented this amazing, beautiful, beautiful house in Oregon, in central Oregon, where we live and work and absolutely love spending our time. So we've been cooking up all sorts of wonderful things for you. So come join us at the Coven Retreats starting in October on Friday the 13th. Hope to see you there. Bye. Hello, hello, and welcome to the shit they should have taught you in school but didn't. I am your fearless leader, Rochelle Indra. And today, today, I am coming to you live, not on your end, but on my end live from Amsterdam. Where the hell am I? Do you see that I stop? Because I'm like, I don't even know where I am anymore. I have a couple of days before I come home. I will be home by the time you hear this. So that's why I have no idea what's happening in my life. And before I left, I recorded this episode. And I recorded it and then... It had issues with the playback and my editor couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm not recording it again. That's so annoying. It was perfect the way it was. And just fuck it. I won't do it. But I'm actually glad that happened now because I'm able to do this fresh off of just doing it. And so I think I have even a better perspective. And I've been thinking about it for the three months, making this exact podcast for the three months that I've been gone, Ooh, which means it's going to be extra good. Um, I mean, I don't know about that, but I have a couple of days left. And so I feel like this is the perfect time to do an episode on solo travel. It's not something I thought I would ever do an episode on because that's not what I do. I mean, that's not, I'm a life coach. We talk about life coaching things, but I've been doing a ton of lives here in Europe and I'm like, oh, you know, uh, hey, let me know what you got going on and I'll see if I can help you with crises or things are going on in your life that you need to help with. And it's been amazing how much people have really wanted to ask questions about solo travel and solo travel tips and things like that. And I was like, oh, but there's a ton of people online who do it, who talk about travel. So I've just kind of said no that's not my thing I'm not gonna do that of course I answer people's questions on the lives and then we end up spending 25 minutes talking about it which is fine and I love it I just didn't think of myself as an expert in this and I'm definitely not but I realize that I do have things to offer in this department I do have help I can give and I do have thoughts on this you guys know me I've got thoughts on everything so I really wanted to do an episode where not only I talk about the value of solo travel, but also who should solo travel and who should not solo travel, and then ways to do solo travel that's not what I'm doing, right? I think a lot of people are like, oh my God, I'd love to travel, but I don't have the money for it. I could never do that. I could never afford it. And I get that. 
I get that I'm doing it in a big way and I get that most people cannot take the time away that I can take. The, the Europe is way out of the price range of what they can do. And I want to talk about ways to do it cheap or very inexpensive and get the same results as what I get to to feel the same things, to experience the same things that I am experiencing three months in Europe, you can easily experience and maybe even more profound than me doing it very low cost or free. So I want to go over some of those ideas because I've been talking about that a lot in the lives and people have been DMing me and saying how much has been helpful. So I want to be able to do that as well. Plus at the end, I want to just give some tips and tricks that I have learned the hard way so that you don't have to, right? So that's what this episode is going to be about. If you have absolutely no desire to ever travel solo or do anything solo, don't listen to this. I hope you do though because the first thing I want to talk about is why I think solo travel is so great. And it's something that a lot of people say, oh, I want to do, I want to do, but this thing is getting away and that thing is getting in the way or, you know, oh, I I would want to do, I love traveling, but I would not want to go by myself. There's a lot of people either afraid to go by themselves or definitely would not want to travel alone that are just surprised that I do it alone. And I think that if you don't travel alone, you miss a lot of things. And so one of the things that I think is so great about solo travel, which you would, which you know, if you have seen the movie or read the book Wild about Cheryl Strand, Strayed, I always say her name wrong, but who traveled uh, the Pacific Coast Trail. She hiked that and wrote a book about it. Um, you look at something like Eat, Pray, Love, right? Solo travel. There's And there's a lot of men that do solo travel ones as well. And there's even more that I'm not thinking of. But there is this learning that you get to do when you are out of your comfort zone alone. And I get how scary it is. Believe you me, nobody gets how scary this is more than me. I mean, I do three months alone. And I, the first thing I ever did, if you listen to my podcast, you've heard me talk about it before. When I was in college, I went and did study abroad in London when I was a freshman. And I didn't know a single person. And I just, whoop picked up and just did a whole semester um, in love, in love, in love in London, uh, in love with London at 18 years old. And it wasn't until I got on the plane to go there and the guy next to me was like, I'm sorry, you're doing what? You don't know a single person there? You are going to another country as a freshman 18-year-old kid? What the hell are you doing? And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. I was like sitting next to a businessman. I was like, I don't know. Oh my God, you're right. What the fuck am I doing? And I like burst into tears. Oh my God. So I I get that. And even, I mean, I think I brought up before that even that last year when I went to do this, poor fucking Shauna drove me all the way from where we live in Central Oregon to Portland to get on the plane. And we're like, laughing and joking and la 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 and having a great time for the whole three-hour drive and then we got to the airport and I burst into tears and I was like I'm not going I'm not going and Shauna because God love her Shauna burst into tears too was like what do you mean you're not going you're going and I'm like I'm not going don't make me get out of the car don't make me go I can't do this she was like you're getting out of the fucking car poor girl I feel so bad for her then she had to drive all the way back like sobbing and I just sat in the airport and I just cried and I was like what am I doing I am so stupid this is dumb I'm not gonna get on this plane so I know how scary it can be but that's part of the joy that comes getting over the, your fear knowing that you can do it there are so many things that I learned and continue to learn about myself that I like more about myself than I thought I did. That I am capable of things that I didn't think I was capable of. And I'm 41 years old. Like I think I know myself pretty fucking well. I do a ton of work on myself. I look deeply into myself all the time. And yet I still find things where I have made a black and white decision of who I am, how I am, what I do, I just self-identify. I am the type of person that does this. I am the person that does that. This is how it is. This is how I am. This is who I am. And it's not necessarily true. And maybe it was true about me before, but it's not necessarily true about me 
now. I think I've talked about this before with playing pickleball. I was never good at sports growing up. I just decided I'm not a sports person. I'm not somebody who's good at sports. I'm short. I'm curvy. I'm not athletic. I'm not competitive whatsoever. I'm not good at sports. This is not my thing. And I just never tried again. And then when I moved to the small town I live in, I wanted to be friends with these older women that all played pickleball. And I was like, fuck, I can't like really truly hang out with them and be friends with them unless I play pickleball. So I like literally joined in order to like have friends and then fell in love with it and turned out I was really good at it. And it was so shocking to me to be like no no no! I decided 25 years ago that I don't play sports I am not good I am not an athletic person I made a black and white decision right we all do this about things I made a black and white decision and I stuck with it and I never challenged that again right we talk about this in the episode I did about the story how to train an elephant it's from season one, I think. You train an elephant by putting a chain on their leg when they're little and you stake it into the ground and they pull and pull and pull and pull for so long and they can't get their foot away that actually when they're older, you can just tie, you know, when they're huge elephants and you wouldn't be able to control them that way with just a stake in the ground, they could easily pull it up. You can tie a piece of string around their foot to that stake in the ground and they'll never try again. They will never try to pull, even though they could easily get away. They remember when they were a child that they pulled and pulled and pulled. I mean, child, you know what I mean. Baby, they pulled and pulled and couldn't do it, so they just stopped trying. And that was definitely me. And this is something my clients fall into all the time. We all do of, no, but I tried this. I did this. It didn't work. And I never try again. Which, of course, babies don't do. Kids don't do. They just keep trying and trying until they figure it out. But at some point, we stop doing that. And I learned that with pickleball. And then I was like, okay, well, that's the one thing, right? That's the one thing that I was wrong about. And then solo travel has showed me there's other things. I've also been somebody who self-identifies with like, I get lost easily. I'm not good with directions. Don't tell me east, west, north. I'll never know what you're saying. Give me landmarks. Whenever I'm hiking with somebody or out with somebody, I'm always making them be on the map, figure out where I'm going because I'm like, oh, I'm bad at this. I can't do this. Well, when you travel solo, that is not an option. You don't get the option of being bad at something. You don't get the art of being bad at directions. You don't get the option of I don't remember where I started from or I don't know where I'm going or I don't know how I got here. I don't know how to get back. Like, No, no. You need to figure that out. You need to be good at that. You need to learn how to do it. And that really worried me. And it turned out I'm not nearly as bad as I thought I was. And my father came last year and this year on my trip and joined me. And even he brought up, he's like, oh, gosh, like you remember how to get back really well. You know, and he was so impressed with my ability to know where things were. And I realized, right, because I have to have that. When traveling alone, I have to be good at that I have to be able to recognize things I do things like when I'm exploring a new city I I only take right turns for a while just so I know that if I wanted to get back to the exact place I started and GPS helps you a lot but not always especially if I'm in a country where they don't speak English and nothing's written in English and I want to get back to that one cafe that I can't even remember the name of you know I, I I'm not gonna be able to find it in my GPS or my navigation So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take right turns. And that way I know I'm always taking left turns back, right? I'm really good at like identifying buildings or, you know, a lot of cities have like big clock towers or something. So, okay, I'm in this angle to the clock tower, which has then helped me in the rest of my life, right? It helps me to now know that I'm not that person I thought I was. I'm not the one that has to throw up my hands and say, well, I guess we're lost. You figure it out. Now I know, oh, I have a skill, I have an ability that I wouldn't have known I had unless I had to rely on myself. And I think that this is something that's really important for us to talk about as women. Our ability to rely on ourselves. And society has taught us from a young age that we are to rely on men. 
We are to rely on them. We are to divert to them. Um, We are to assume that they know where they're going, what they're doing, what needs to happen. When we are nervous, you know, find a guy to help you out, a guy in your life somehow that will help you with things. I was blown away at myself when I was remodeling my house and I just kept being frustrated. I was like, well, I wish I had a guy in my life to help me with this thing or that thing. And then when I started complaining about like, oh God, I can't get this thing and this thing figured out, it was all women that came to my aid. My best friend's a mechanical engineer and her father was a, is a house builder. So she was like, well, I can help you out. Like I'm a mechanical engineer. Like I know a lot about this sort of stuff and grew up with my dad doing this sort of stuff. So she flew in to help me. God love her. That was my birthday gift was I was like, I don't need a fucking cake. Can you just help me? And then Shauna, right? We all know and love Shauna. Shauna's remodeled houses before. So she came over and she knew people and all the people who helped me out were women. And I just realized how much I had been trained as a human being to rely on men, especially for certain kind of things like remodeling a house, like heavy lifting, like, you know, industrial things or safety things when we can rely on other women or ourselves. And solo travel really reminds us how safe we are in our own skin, are in our own body in our own thoughts, in our own decision making. And that is one of the things I find so beautiful about solo travel. Even when you travel with another female friend, I mean that traveling in couple is beautiful. Traveling with your family can be beautiful. Traveling with friends can be beautiful. I'm not saying that solo travel is the best, but I'm saying it's real fucking amazing And we don't appreciate it enough because it can be scary, especially for women. I think men often are better at this than women are, right? Because we have allowed this in society that men can rely on themselves in a way that we don't do that as much for women. Also, we allow men to be single more than we allow women. We allow men to do things alone, whereas we always sort of assume women are going to do things in groups. I mean, fuck, we go to the bathroom in groups, right? Like we're always having to be with somebody else and I think some of it is safety so that is something to think about with solo travel people always say are you worried about your safety when you travel alone and I say no I mean I'm not stupid obviously I'm very smart with what I do and being aware and things like that but I also travel to countries that are a hell of a lot safer than even America right and for now I'm traveling to countries where English is widely spoken, right? I spent a month in the Netherlands, a month in Ireland, a month in England. So, or a month in the UK, excuse me. So they either spoke English or a lot of people speak English. And that's just for me getting comfortable, right? I'm not diving into Turkey, right? I'm I'm getting my legs under me. I, I'm still trying to be comfortable with the places that I go and speaking the language. It's frustrates me. Oh my God, you're getting me super you get in the frustrated Rochelle now it has been so frustrating how much people say to me oh my god you should go to this place I hear it's beautiful and I'm like yeah that's not a super safe country for a woman to go to by herself but people don't think about that because if they've been they've been on a tour or they've been with their partner or people like oh you should go to this place or that place where English is not widely spoken and I'll be like, oh, well, that makes me a little nervous because I don't, you know, I uh, I don't speak the language. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to be fine. My husband and I went there or my best friend and I went there. And I'm like, yep. So remember, solo traveling, those things can be a hell of a lot easier when you have somebody with you. So start small, start easier. Like I said, I also date in the countries, as you guys know. I often date where I go. And so I want places where I feel very, very comfortable and very, very safe. Right. So that's definitely something you want to think about when you're starting to solo travel. So learning about who you are in a new way, discovering things about yourself. That is, I think, the biggest thing about solo travel. I also love, especially for women, the lack of compromise. Another thing we don't talk enough about in society, how much women are asked to compromise all the fucking time. We compromise for our children. 
We compromise for our family. We compromise for our partners. We compromise in work. We compromise in our friendships. I mean, we all have the friendships. We're like, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Right? We are all about compromise. And women are raised to be people pleasers. So many of us still are. Solo travel and getting to do whatever you want whenever you want can be unbelievably healing for the female soul. I think it's so important and so special for so many of my clients that I talk to about solo travel because they don't even know who they are. There's so much about compromising with their partner with others that that they don't even know what they feel or want anymore. An Enneagram 2, an Enneagram 9, solo travel would be fantastic for. Who are you when you're alone? Who are you when you get to do whatever you want, whenever you want? Where would you go? What would you see? When would you sleep? What would you eat? Where would you eat? These are really important things that we forget or we never even knew in the first place. So learning about who am I when I'm not compromising and the joy of not compromising. People go, oh, aren't you sad to travel and not travel with somebody? And sure, there's times when I'd love to have a partner to explore things with. Yeah. But then I also look at the amount of people who are pissed off at each other and how much compromise or somebody doesn't want to spend this money or somebody definitely wants to spend this money. All that back and forth that we do because somebody else wants to do it, I think is you know, something has to happen when you travel with another person, but the joy of not is ooh, something not to be missed. Learning to like yourself because you are spending so much time alone. Learning to like your own company. I mean, that's really the greatest thing in life, right? Knowing yourself, learning yourself. I mean, this is what I, that's why I do what I do for a living. Helping people to like their own company, to be their best friend. Most of us are not our best friend. Most of us don't even like ourselves. And most of us don't like ourselves because we don't even know ourselves. How can we like ourselves if we don't know ourselves? And sometimes, a lot of time, we don't like ourselves because we don't actually even know ourselves. We're taking our ego's word on who we are. We're taking that mean fucking voice in our head. We are taking its word on who we are. And it's not who we are. That's just an evil voice in our head. Right? That's why I always recommend The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Fucking run out and buy it if you haven't. Run out and buy it right fucking now. It's amazing. It teaches you to not listen to that voice in your head so you can get to know the real you. You're going to like the real you once you get to know her. And solo travel will help with that. The other thing that I have noticed in my solo journey, but also seeing the people around me who are journeying in partnership, whether again, it's family, a friend, a partner, whatever, There is this way that you get to interact with the environment and you really get a sense for a city, for a park, for a restaurant, for a museum, for a moment that you don't get when you travel with somebody else. In fact, I was at a different hotel in Amsterdam and I was sitting out on a deck and I was chatting with the waiter again the other beautiful thing is meeting people I was chatting with the waiter and he was asking about my trip and this and that and he's from Greece and I said yeah I'm doing this alone and I really think you get a, a better understanding of the environment and of the city it really speaks to you in an intimate way that is about you and the environment together like it's a it's like a relationship that you don't have when you're with somebody else because when it's just you it's just you in that city it is just the two of you together it is just unfolding in front of you you don't have the distraction 
of a another person, right? So you're start you're seeing everything in the environment because you're not busy looking at somebody else or having a conversation. I can't tell you how many times I've been at restaurants, outside cafes, and the people sit down. They're talking. They talk the entire time. They're on a holiday like me. They're talking the entire time. Eat their food. They don't even look at their food. They don't even know what they're eating. And they get up and they walk away and they completely missed the baby swans swimming down the canal we're sitting in front of. They're not noticing the people or the environment. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying traveling in partnership is bad or you shouldn't do it or or solo travel is better. Please, please hear me on that. I am not saying that. I, I do travel in partnership. I mean, I, my dad came to visit. I, I went to Hawaii with my mom. I'm going to Costa Rica with a girlfriend. Like, I do travel with other people. And that is a beautiful, fun, wonderful experience too. I'm just saying and. And this experience. And the way that you understand a city or a restaurant or a whatever. And he, and I was telling him about this and he was like, geez, I think you're really right because he's like, I've always traveled with other people. And then I came to Amsterdam by myself from Greece and he was like, I fell so in love. I just realized I needed to move here. And he did. And he's like, and I got a job and I moved here. And I said, how's it been? He's like, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. And he's like, I think you're right. If I had come in partnership with somebody else, I wouldn't have really seen how much I loved it here. You can just feel the vibe more. You can just feel things because you're not dealing with the energy of the person around you and also what they think of where you are, right? You cannot help but to take on what the person you're with is experiencing, right? Oh, I, you know, oh, I hate this restaurant. And you're thinking, do I hate this restaurant? Do I not? I guess maybe it is a bad restaurant, right? Or they don't like this or they do like that. And how much what the person you're with is feeling and expressing about the place or their mood in the place can affect how you think and feel and your mood about the place. You just can't help it. It just happens, and sometimes if you're having a bad day, I mean, there's times where I've had bad days here and fuck yeah, I'd love to have somebody with me to like pull me out of it and make me feel better about it and you know, all that sort of stuff. So for sure, there can be wonderful benefits to that. But there can also be the negatives to that and to how their experience becomes so much of your experience. So I really think that there's just ways where you can feel the environment more when you're alone. So those are some of my pluses for traveling alone. Who should do it? Who should do solo travel? It is not for everybody. Hmm, let me think. It's not for every stage of life, maybe I should say. It's not for where everybody is. I do believe it is for everybody, but I don't believe it's for where everybody is. If you are somebody who struggles with codependency, who does not like themselves, who does not like being alone. You have two options with solo traveling. Some people like me are like, wow, I'm really struggling with this thing. So I'm going to dive headfirst into the deep end. I struggle with not liking myself. I struggle with not liking to be alone. I mean, these are not my struggles. But if somebody's having those struggles and they're like, I want to get out of this, I want to change this, maybe diving into solo travel and just shocking the system and just doing it, maybe that is the best thing for you. Maybe just that head first. If you are that person, I am that person. That's like, oh, I'm afraid of this. So I'm just going to fucking head first into it. Right? Some Enneagram sixes, this is good for. An eight, what I am, the challenger. Like, yeah, let's just fucking do it. Let's power through. It's not for everybody. A lot of people do not enjoy their solo travel if they do not enjoy being by themselves. If they don't have a relationship with themselves, they get too homesick. First thing people ask me, oh my God, don't you get lonely? Don't you get homesick? And I'm like, no, I know I'm getting going to go home. So I don't really get homesick until the very end. But I don't get lonely. And I don't get lonely for two reasons. One, I like myself. I like being alone. I like new experiences by myself. I'm okay being by myself. And I'm in communication with people in my life. I have WhatsApp while I'm here. I do talk to some friends. I use Voxer, which is an app where you send up to 15-minute voice messages back and forth. And my best friend and I have done that for years. I think I should do an entire episode on how I think Voxer is the greatest fucking thing to maintain friendships. And you get to hear the person's voice. 
So we send, she and I have always sent voxes back and forth all day, every day. Um, She's sort of my out loud diary. Sometimes I don't, I think I don't journal as much because I'm sharing everything with her because I can leave these long. I mean, sometimes I leave an hour and a half worth of 15 minute messages for her to hear and respond to. So that keeps me in relationship. I can call people on WhatsApp. I don't usually, because I like to spend a lot of time alone, but that does help me. Obviously, I'm in contact with Shauna because I'm still running a business while I'm here. So I, I do still have contacts. This is not 20 years ago. There are ways to stay in contact with the people that, you know, that we love. I bought, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, I last year bought uh, uh, picture frames, digital picture frames for my mom, my dad, my best friend, and Shauna. And I can upload the pictures to their picture frames from my phone. So that's another way I stay in contact with people that I upload pictures all the time of what I'm going through, what's happening in my life, what I'm seeing to the people I love's picture frame so they can wake up and be like, oh my God, she's in this country now. Oh my God, she's in Amsterdam. Oh my God, she's in Leiden. Oh, look at these pictures. Look at the things she's going through. I mean, oh my God, when I was dating last year, I would... Poor Jeff, Shauna's husband. Oh my God, poor man. I would, to make them laugh, mostly make her laugh, but he ended up enjoying it. I would upload pictures of the guys that I was dating to her picture frames, <laughs> which she thought was great. She's like, oh my God, this guy's so cute. Oh, da, 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 da. So she could see pictures. But then her poor husband is trying to eat cereal in the morning and is like watching the picture frame. He's like, why is there just like random pictures of like headshots of dudes? Shauna's like, oh, we're showing out with that guy. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, here we are now having to see this guy's picture for three months at our home. Oh my God. How funny it is. And I put the weird, funny pictures of me and ridiculousness on their picture frames so that when they have people come visit them and see the picture frames, they're like, oh, did you guys go to Europe? Nope. Oh, why do you have all these weird pictures of this woman? Don't know. Why are there all these headshots of men from dating apps? Yeah, please don't ask. Um, (laughs) Those poor people. So I do find ways to stay in contact with people. But if you are somebody that truly, truly does not like being alone, I do not recommend this yet. If you want solo travel in your life, I highly recommend working on that. Whether you work on that alone with a book, with a podcast, with a coach, with a therapist, working on that first because I don't want you to go and have a horrible experience because you were so miserably lonely. Miserably might be a strong word there, but you were so incredibly lonely that you didn't have a good experience. And like I said, there's ways to not be as lonely, but I want you to really think about are you ready for that? Are you somebody who's been maybe in a relationship for so long that you are used to relying on your partner for everything? I think it's great to solo travel and rely on yourself, but are you ready for that? Are you ready to do that work by yourself? So really making sure that you are emotionally ready for solo travel. So that's just something to to think about because I don't want you to hear this podcast like, I'm ready to rush out and do it. I have seen it go badly. And not horribly, but like where someone was like, I had a miserable time because I was incredibly lonely the whole time. Right? I got really lost and scared and upset and I'm not used to And if, first off, if you are not used to travel, there's another one I didn't think of. I didn't even write that one down. If you are not used to travel, that's okay. I wouldn't start alone. I wouldn't start alone if you are not used to travel. There's just so much that goes into things you learn about traveling that I would start with other people. And then once you feel confident in traveling and packing and all that kind of stuff, then I would branch out to solo travel. So just just some of those ways to do this that is not jumping three months into solo travel in Europe again this is not my first rodeo, right? I've spent years and years traveling. I did that, lived abroad when I was 18 and really young and really stupid. And oh my God, what a crazy experience that I was very used to traveling. So you don't need to jump into something long. And a lot of us with children and partners and work can't do the three months that I do, right? I have spent a lot of years preparing 
to be able to do this. It's one of the reasons why I chose becoming a life coach. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I can have a job where I get to help people for a living and I get to work remote? Yes, please. So I've put a lot of years into what I do now that I don't think people see or think about how much prep went into this, how much long-term goal thinking went into doing what I'm doing now, having what I have now, saving up and planning to buy a house and buying a house specifically in the city I live in, in order to rent it out, picking a house that was, you know, I worked with a real estate agent to be able to rent it out. You know, there's all the things that do go into solo travel the way I'm doing it. So mine is the extreme. I'm not saying you need to do the extreme. Start small. So a couple of things. My best friend does solo travel and she camps. I did not grow up camping. I have gay fathers. <laughs> we did not camp growing up. Camping is not a part of my repertoire. It's not my thing. But camping is beautiful. And one of the beauties of why I wish I camped more and I moved to an outdoorsy area in Oregon and I love hiking and, and being in nature, you in nature. I mean, I love Europe, but fuck. You want to know who the fuck you are? Nature. Nature, nature, nature. Nature is the answer to so many of our damn problems that I think there is just such a beauty to camping. And sometimes I feel like she learns in a week of camping what I learn in a month of my travel, right? Because you are just so much closer to nature, just so much closer to that sort of peace, peace in the environment, peace in yourself, animals, doing things, everything you're doing for yourself. I mean, talk about relying on yourself. Camping will do that. And there's lots of wonderful ways to camp very safely as a single woman. So definitely do your research on that. Don't just jump out there. Do your research. So if camping is something that you have enjoyed or wanted to do, that can be a very low cost or free ways to to camp single as a woman and I like solo travel has become such a big thing it's actually one of the biggest hashtags on TikTok right now it is becoming such a beautiful thing people are doing that there are so many ways to do there's so much good research out there there's so many good tips out there I mean I before I solo traveled last year I spent six months before I started following a ton of single women travel TikTok accounts or Instagram accounts and was learning like great places to go and things to know and ways to be safe. So I was doing a lot of that research. I was reading a ton of articles on it. So if camping is your thing, I mean, she's done a lot of research on safe places, good places to go as a woman camping by yourself, all that kind of stuff. Highly recommend it. In fact, I just recommended she sign up for the thing where uh, you can get service anywhere for emergencies. In fact, as somebody said, the iPhone 14 just now does that for you. But you can subscribe to services. We have a buddy system that when she goes hiking for the day, she says where she's going. Her mother can track her. That's the other thing that I do for safety is I have several people that track my phone. My father tracks my phone. Shauna tracks it. Lindsay tracks it. Lindsay's my best friend. So I make sure people are tracking me and can see where I am and because I always have my phone on me. Just in life as a single woman who lives alone, I think that that's super important. I also have several friends in my city who have keys to my house. A, if I'm locked out of my house, but, you know, if somebody can't find me, you know, if I don't answer a text in a couple of days and we're people who text every day, like, I want people to have a key to my house. Same thing. I want you to be able to, you know, sometimes Shauna, I don't get back to Shauna in the amount of time that she thinks I should. And she'll totally look up and be like, oh, nope, she's home. Okay, she's good. She's fine. So, you know, those things can be really important. But when she goes out, and I still do this as a single woman too. When I go out for a hike by myself, I always tell somebody where I'm going, what I'm wearing, or snap a picture. And where I plan on hiking and then I say I think I'll be back around five and I always text them when I come back I do the same thing with a date also side note about dating if you are a woman dating give this is again just random side note but I think this is incredibly important as somebody who online dates I always make the guy show me his ID 
twice I've had a guy did not have the same name that he told me is on his ID. Uh, One, I don't know what the deal is. And the second one, I'm pretty sure he was married. So I obviously was like, no, thank you. Goodbye. But just for your safety. And also I tell people where I'm going. My friends can track my phone that I'm going on a date. And I always, always have my father and my best friend have the passwords to my online dating because if something did happen to me it can take weeks a month for the police to get Bumble or Tinder or whatever to give them the password to get in and see who you went on the date with I send a friend a picture of the guy I'm going to date with who his says his name is where he says he works um, and then they also have the passwords so I think it's super important that you have somebody that you trust have the password to be able to get into your get into your phone I also have people who have the combo to my phone in case again something happened to me and your phone has like all your tracking information and everything and so those are just some some random important tips and even here in Europe I tell people who I'm you know go on dates with and things I also uh, if you're planning on dating in Europe I stay at hotels so far I haven't done an Airbnb yet I've been doing hotels, again, safety. And uh, if I go on a date, I tell the front desk, I'm going on a date with this person and this is where we're going. And I intend to be back by this time and I will come and tell you when I'm home. And they're always great about it. That way, if I didn't come home that night, they have all my emergency contact information, all the things, right? They know, somebody knows I'm not where I'm supposed to be. So, and front desks are usually super, super wonderful about that. Another thing, if you're planning on dating, I could do a whole thing on dating, you know, tips on international dating, but that's not what we're doing here. So camping is a great one. Another great one can be house exchange because I see this with friends often, whether it's a financial thing or it's I've got a family and I can't, you know, my my husband's like, fuck you, you're not going to go away for a week or a couple of days by yourself and spend all this money leaving me with the kids, blah, blah. That also is an entirely other problem that we have in society of men are allowed to go on vacations and go golfing, go with the boys, go on work trips, and women are not. That's a whole other thing that don't even get me started on. House swapping with a friend that wants the same thing, whether it is in your town or they're in another town. I had some friends a while ago who lived, when I was lived in Portland, they lived far away from me, like a way, 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 way across town, like 45 minutes from me. And they were going out of town and said, hey, would you mind watching our house? And I was like, sure. And even though it was technically like in my same city and I had been around that area a lot, living there it was like four days or something, I, I learned the city in a new way. Right, I learned lots of new things about it because I was really truly living there. So it doesn't have to be somebody who lives in Morocco. It doesn't have to be somebody who lives in a different state. Even in your city, a different area of your city, you are more relaxed in somebody else's house sometimes because you don't have to do the laundry. You don't have to worry about, you know, all these dishes. You don't have to worry about watering the lawn. You don't have to worry about all these things that we worry about in a staycation in our own home, which after COVID, we all know about staycations in our own home. So even just... I don't even care if they live in the same apartment complex as you. Being in somebody else's space can be way more relaxing. I remember like going through, and she was fine with this, but going through the bookshelf, like and I picked out a books to read of hers, sat on her couch and like read one of her books that was really amazing and different than something that I had, right? The different Netflix that they had, like just so much different experience with just somebody else's house. So whether that's swapping because you have a friend who also says, God, I wish I could get away. I wish I could go on vacation. What if we just swap houses for a weekend? I've also done this. I had a friend when I moved to Central Oregon where I live. She used to live in Portland. And so we would switch and I would go back to Portland and enjoy Portland. And she would come out and enjoy my town. And that was super great. So those sorts of things, the switching can be really, really great and fucking free. You know, like that's super great. You even bring your own food from your house and put it in their fridge, right? And vice versa. So those things, we have so many friends that, that would love to do something like that with us and switch houses. Then also the other one that's becoming really big now, I see a lot of people do this online. People who want to travel but don't have the financial means to do that, pet sitting. 
Pet sitters are so fucking expensive that if I had somebody that was a friend of a friend or somebody I loosely knew who was willing to pet sit for free because they wanted to be able to be in a new city, I would take them up on it in a heartbeat. Obviously, Zan passed away, but I have plants. You know, somebody who's just going to watch your house frame and I obviously have long-term renters when I'm gone, but short, shorter things when I'm gone. Someone to, to stay at my house and water the plants or just be there in case of emergencies or to have somebody in the house or, again, to watch my pet. I have definitely gone and pet sat for some friends after Monkey died, Monkey Zan, same thing. And just being getting to be around other people's pets is can be wonderful and healing and soothing if you don't have pets of your own. One of my pet sitters for years was a woman who had like five dogs of her own and a husband. And she was like, it's just nice to get away sometimes, you know, and be with other people's pets and be in their house. And for my husband and I not to have to be together all the time and to get to enjoy other things and other houses and other people. Um, Shauna is married and has dogs and she pet sits for people because she's in school to become a therapist. And so she's got so much homework. Sometimes it's nice to just be out of her own house right to do her homework people love hiring her because she's this wonderful 41 year old adult woman just studying at their house and she loves pets she has pets so she's like the perfect person because she's by herself and oh my god that woman loves plants like nobody's business so she takes care of your plants so things like that and there are actually professional ones I follow some of them on TikTok that go around the country or the world, there's one woman that does it internationally that I follow, and you get to go around the world and pet sit for people for free. They're stoked because I don't have to pay a pet sitter, and you're stoked because you get a free place to stay, and you get a pet. Like, you get somebody to play with. Like, how fucking great is that? And then they often will leave you things to do in the city that's super wonderful that they love because they're used to living there, and that can be wonderful. So even just sending out an email to friends and family saying hey if you know of anybody that's looking for a pet sitter or a house sitter I'm open and I would love to do that and I would do it for free because I just want to travel to new places and and see new things and get to snuggle people's pets so just even throwing that out in your family or on your social media can be wonderful even if you don't do it for strangers you're just doing it for your friends or your family or your friends of friends wonderful idea for free to see new cities and try new things like I said, I think sometimes we think too big, right? Like I, like I said, people see what I'm doing. They're like, oh, I'm going to save up. I'm going to wait to do that. Don't wait. It doesn't need to be something huge. It can be a day, a weekend, right? Two days, a week, like whatever you can do. You know, and sometimes, hey, if you switched homes with somebody in your city, you could still go to work every day. Right? If, if, if you're somebody who has to go into the office every day, you could still go to work every day and just come home to a different environment. Come home to somebody else's pet. Come home to a different part of the city. Come home to the relaxation of being in a house that's not yours. So I think that those are other really good ways to be looking at this. So I wanted to, to point that out. I know this is a long, a long podcast. Thanks for sticking with me, but I think it's important to really get in as much as we can. A couple of tips for people who are thinking about doing solo travel, want to do solo travel. I mean, I could do seven podcasts on just tips and I'll probably do a YouTube on just tips. But I wanted to give you a couple. One really, 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 really important tip if you're a female thinking about traveling alone, look to follow and get the recommendations of women who have traveled alone. Do not get your recommendations from men who travel alone. It is much different. Safety is much different for a woman traveling than a man. I have a wonderful friend, lovely man who's traveled the world by himself and he gives me recommendations all the time. He is a white, 6'4", broad, big, good-looking, wealthy dude. That is like a completely different world where he can travel to and ways that he can travel that not that not everybody can and certainly not a woman and so I'm like yeah you're really comfortable as a broad 6'4 man going someplace that would not be safe for me so I do follow this one guy who travels the world and he's like oh my god Albania is so great right now and I'm like "Mm, 
maybe say for men like like oh, this is not necessarily for everybody so be careful whose advice you listen to on where to go also couples like be careful there's a lot of places that can be really super great and awesome for couples that might not be great for a single the other thing to think about with travel I follow this woman she's an African-American woman who travels and she does really great stuff on where she feels safe and comfortable traveling as an African-American woman that I wouldn't think of as a white woman. There are places that would not be safe for me to go as a white woman in the world. And there are places that she did not feel comfortable, that she didn't expect that she wouldn't feel comfortable as an African-American woman. And those things never crossed my mind. And so I think that is really important when you think about not only traveling as a woman, but your ethnicity, your culture, your financial background, things like that. Do take those into consideration. And as I said, follow women. Um, I also recommend following women or researching women and their recommendations in your age group. Because if you follow me, I've made some videos on like, uh yeah there's a lot of like girls in their 20s like showing where they go but like I'm not somebody who for me personally is comfortable sleeping on the floor somewhere somebody's couch a creepy hostel these things that you're like totally cool doing just getting drunk and sleeping on somebody's floor in your 20s or you know wearing the same outfit every day like just a bikini in your journal and you can go international I'm like I need a knee brace I need my medications I need like you know I'm 40 like I'm traveling in my 40s so also know that your age may make things different where you want to go what you want to experience how you like to travel what you like to to have I follow some real fun cool 20 year olds but they're like super fine eating um, rice and beans every single day to save money that's not how I want to travel in my 40s nothing wrong with that and you may be 65 still you know wanting to travel that way and that's great um so just know what do I want out of my travel so whose recommendations am I gonna take based on how similar they are to me or how they want to travel in you know the same ways or not I love traveling to Europe that's what speaks to me that's my love some other people are like I meet other single women who travel and they're like, oh my God, South America is where it's at. Awesome. There's no right or wrong, best, not best place to travel. Think about what you're looking for and then sort of follow people that are doing that sort of thing or or get recommendations from people doing that sort of thing. Uh, I always bring a backpack. I like to actually bring two. I bring a backpack that's like kind of cute and black and 40 that I take with me everywhere when I travel and then I have a hiking backpack for when I do that sort of thing but I take my backpack with me every day everywhere I go I take the backpack and I always have a ton of snacks in it cereal bars power bars uh, nuts and more water than I think I could possibly need because you never know when you're going to be someplace and you're like hmm it's 85 out and I'm not near anything else and I totally have to I, I need water you always want to have more water than you think you need I also always bring Kleenex because sometimes you are peeing outside even if you're in a lovely big city a lot of places will not let you use your bathroom or you're far away from things you have to go so bad you're not near any place and you're peeing outside so Paper towel, Kleenex, whatever. Always make sure you have that with you as well. And I just cannot. And also a phone charger. Phone charger, very important. I'm a huge fan of big sunglasses and a hat. I always bring a hat because of sun. But I also bring a hat because in a lot of rain, if it's not pouring rain, like I go to Ireland and I was in Edinburgh. So that drizzle rain you don't want an umbrella. Umbrellas are fucking annoying. I never recommend umbrellas. This is coming from somebody who lived eight years in Portland, Oregon. Umbrellas suck. You don't want to have to deal with an umbrella. Bring a rain jacket if you're in a place that could possibly rain. I always try to do something small that you can keep with you all the time because a hood is better than an umbrella. But I think a hat is better than a hood. A hood can be really annoying. A hat is way better. 
It's for sun and for light rain. They dry out really quickly. I happen to have a white one I've been carrying for two years, which is really stupid. I don't know why mine is white. I'm probably going to change it in this year for a black hat. But I also notice that big sunglasses and a hat makes less people talk to me. And I mean that in a good way. I mean... I don't get harassed. I don't get men wanting to talk to me, homeless men wanting to talk to me. I don't get men talking to me on the train. I don't get a lot of unwanted attention when I have big sunglasses on and a hat. So I highly recommend it. And then if I want to be seen and talk to people and whatever, I, I take them off. But walking down the street with big sunglasses and a hat, it's multi-purpose so I can't recommend that enough um have a comfort show this is probably a weird thing and you're like what are you talking about I actually recommend and I should do a TikTok on this I recommend a comfort show not just for and a show meaning a television show whether you bring your iPad or you bring a computer or your phone when traveling I cannot recommend enough having a show to watch that's a comfort show. And I mean a show that you've seen before. So last year I redid Ted Lasso. I'd already seen all the episodes. I watched that one again at night. This year I did, what did I do? Uh, Arrested Development. I've already seen it. It's funny. It's fun. It's a comfort show. Meaning I know it. I know how it goes. It's funny. It makes me happy. Because you are taking in so much new information that having something comfortable, having something that feels like home to watch when you're bored or watch at night or maybe a book you've already read, something that feels familiar is really important. I also recommend this for just people who have a lot of stress in their lives, a lot of stuff that's going on, having a comfort show. I mean, I think this is really what Hallmark Channel is for a lot of people. They're formulaic. You know it's going to have a happy ending. You know how it's going to go. People like that sort of comfort. And that can be a big one when you travel. The converse of that is I also like when I go to a new country, I go to Spotify and I download the whatever is like Spotify specifically will give you pre-made playlists of like the 50 most popular songs in that country. And I always download that and listen to it because it gets me kind of in the culture, in the mood, especially if it's another language. I like being surrounded by that language. What's their music like? What are they listening to? So I really like that wherever country I, I go to. So I have like an Ireland playlist, a UK playlist. Uh, I think I did an Edinburgh one and then a, the, a Netherlands one. And it also then fun introduce you to new music as well. Pack who you are, not who you want to be. Oh my God, Shauna picked on me so much last time because I was like I'm gonna wear scarves I brought up I was gonna bring a bunch of scarves last year I never wear scarves Sean's like you're never gonna wear these I was like no I am I'm gonna be the European girl that wears scarves yeah no I never wore any um I thought I was gonna work out a ton I'm walking six hours a day everywhere I go I'm not gonna also work out so packing who you are not who you want to be um earplugs you need earplugs when you travel just earplugs 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 tampons Sounds silly, but people don't, other countries don't always have the type of tampons that you like. So I'm a big proponent of bringing your own tampons, a tiny pair of scissors, you'll always need them, nail clippers, those will always come in handy, a thermometer. I know that sounds silly, but if you aren't feeling well and you're worried you have COVID or you're worried you're sick, you don't want to have to run out and try to figure out where the fuck you can buy a thermometer you want to have one with you also I always bring like stuff to stay healthy I you know whatever those mushrooms that keep you healthy not drug mushrooms but like you know the stay healthy ones or airborne or whatever you use you'll want to bring that quick dry clothing if you have to if you're going somewhere for a long period of time you have to wash your own clothes and I'm a big fan of wearing black just because you're taking a lot of pictures and if you are bringing that like hot pink shirt it's going to end up being in every picture and you're going to be super sick of it so bringing dark clothes that go with everything like almost everything I wear is black when I travel and I'm not a person that wears much black but because it all goes together it hides dirt really well I'm always so shocked when people travel and they're wearing white jeans I'm like what are you thinking um 
yeah, so I think that's always a good plan. People often want to travel with like their cutest clothes and I'm like, sure, if you're going for the weekend, great. But if you're doing any sort of long solo travel where you have to wash your clothes a lot and wear things over and over and over again, I highly recommend wearing black. Things that you won't get sick of. Comfortable, quick drying. Those are some of those. Those are just some tips right off the top of my head that I thought I would share with you. Hope this has been helpful. I hope this is getting you thinking in the direction of solo travel. I think that would be wonderful. And yeah, get out there and get out there and do it. And uh, I'm going to leave you now. I'm going to go rent a bike and bike around Amsterdam. And I will see you on the flip side. A woman told me recently that she hasn't joined the Sisterhood Group Coaching, even though she's wanted to, because she has a hard time putting herself first. And that broke my heart because I know that feeling. I know the feeling of putting everybody else's needs first, what everybody else wants. And it can feel like it's a luxury to put ourselves first, to take time away from everybody else and what they need from us to put ourselves first and put ourselves in a supportive community of other women doing the same thing. It feels like we just shouldn't allow this for ourselves. It would say something negative about us. And that is not true. That is the patriarchy. That is the society that says work, work, work as a woman, do everything for everybody else and never stop and think about yourself. That is bullshit. And then she finally put herself first and she joined the sisterhood and she said, I can't believe it took me this long to do it because it's so great to be in community with other women who just support me for existing, just support me for doing the best I can every day. And knowing that I have this group of women around the world supporting me means everything to me. And Oh my God, I cried. She cried. We all cried. It was so beautiful and special. And that is what I'm making here. That is what the group coaching is. And if you are like that, I challenge you, whether it is my group or some other group or some other community, to finally put yourself first because you absolutely deserve it. And it is the only the patriarchy that tells you you don't. <laughs>